Welcome to Her Story, the history of Southeast Asia told from her perspective. We'll discover historical figures, matriarchal societies, and contemporary female icons, and maybe learn about ourselves along the way. I'm Agas Ramirez, and this is episode 15.2, where we sit down with Makadiwata to get their thoughts on the Babaylan's role in uprisings during the colonial period, as well as the divide between the indigenous or traditional Babaylan and the modern Babaylan in the Philippines and abroad. I'll let Makadiwata introduce themselves. There's, there's nothing really special about me. Um, I am Makadiwata. I'm an, an independent researcher, which is mostly what I do um, in my free time. Um, I do have a day job and there's nothing interesting in that. Um, so I am um, Anitero or Diwadero, which is um, what, they, what the Spaniards, I think, call the original... Um, um, practitioners of the indigenous religions of of the Tagalog region um, and might have been also for the other regions as well um, and yes I consider myself as a polytheist and an animist which are very modern terms to describe um, so some of the uh, aspects of indigenous religions all over the world not just not just in the Philippines um, so yeah, very much interested in history ever since as, um, I was a child. I, I've always been interested in, in ancient history and um, special attention for some reason uh, towards women. Um, so I have been very interested in, in queens, priestesses and goddesses um, ever since I was a child. And it's int- it's, it's actually um, um, uh, something that, that um, I've always been inspired um, I've always been inspired by by these uh, women figures of history, um, and yes, um, I am Tagalog and Ilocano um, on uh, the Filipino side of the family, and and also Greek and Lebanese, and so both of these uh, traditions um, influence my religious uh, background. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much it. Unless you have other questions. Okay, uh, thank you. Thank you for that introduction. Um, so as you mentioned, you've always been interested in history and uh, feminine history. What specifically, if you remember, what specifically introduced you to the Babaylan? Um, I'm, I'm pretty late to the, um, to the whole um, Philippine sort of studies arena, um, sad to say. Most of my my um, my um, most of my young years of learning about ancient history was focused on Western history or European history, um, but I think there was always that um, that inclination towards uh, the indigenous. It's just that when I was younger, there there wasn't a lot of information available to me. Um, just for the record, I was born in the uh, um, um, the 80s and there wasn't a lot of available information for me to learn about um, um, history of the Philippines and especially the pre-colonial era um, and also I, I was from um, uh, Cavite which is mm-hmm. um, close to Manila but um, but um, it wasn't as it wasn't a cultural center. It wasn't a, a center of learning, <laughs> and mm-hmm. and um, and for me growing up, um, I think it was 
the um, the female saints. Um, I grew up in a very um, it wasn't a very rural part of Cavite, but I think um, at that time it was. Um, and we had um, a, 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 paint, a patron saint, uh, Mary Magdalene. Um, she was, um, really, uh, well, we all know who Mary Magdalene is, but um, little did I know that the Mary Magdalene of our town was very different from the biblical Mary Magdalene. Um, the, the Mary Magdalene that we had in, in, in our part of Cavite was actually prayed for rain. And um, every year I looked forward to um, the festival, um, uh, the town fiesta um, at the end of May. And, and during that time we would dance in the streets and, and, and dance to her and dance with, with the image of Mary Magdalene. Um, it was the Carjol. Carjol is a, is a sort of a dance procession in Cavite. It's very particular to um, um, the Cavite region for some reason. Um, it's, um, it's, it's like a procession, but it's, it's more lively and they, they carry the, the, the image of uh, the, the saint or, 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 or the Marian apparition on their backs and they dance it all, all over town and, and everyone dances with her. And it's not at night, it's during the day. Um, so yeah, just, sorry, just to go back to your question, I, um, I'm rambling. Um, no, it's it, was the Mary, it was the Mary Magdalene who opened me up to, um, um, to, to learn more about why was our Mary Magdalene different and, and, and uh, what ancient roots she might have, have uh, you know, she might have come from. And I think that was the, the, the first question for me that, that, that um, really um, incited my curiosity as a, as a child. I'm going to go right into, uh, mm-hmm. because one gap in the episode mm-hmm. uh, is really the ASOG or the biological mm, yeah. male babaylan who mm-hmm. performed the mm-hmm. same functions. Um, I wasn't able to devote time to it because the episode was already very long. So I was uh, very happy to find mm-hmm. your Twitter threads about it. So mm-hmm. uh, what do you know about this? Um, what I know about the ASOG um, would be uh, they were... In, to use our modern terms, they were male, mm. but they lived lives as women. They, they, they lived their lives as women. And, and for this reason, or this is one of the reasons why they were seen as, as um, sort of uh, comparable to the, to the two spirit uh, of, of, of many Native American societies um, in which they embodied both male and female qualities. Um, and during the pre-colonial era, as, as, as we know, um, women held positions of, 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 uh, of power in the religious and spiritual realms of society. And so being a man, or sorry, being male um, and, um, uh, um, and exhibiting uh, um, or having very feminine gestures or, or exhibiting feminine uh, qualities was seen as something that was sort of divine or, or you had a special link to uh, the divine like women did. And um, from, from my, my, my own research, um, it was is most of the, uh, the, the male Babaylan during the pre-colonial and, and early colonial era were, were assholed, um because they, they were essentially um, uh, 
men who lived their lives as women. Editing note. After the recorded interview, Makadiwata mentioned that in Tagalog, we have bayog and bayogin, which comes from our word for the swaying of bamboo, and the more common binabae, which is a word still used in everyday conversation. It's also interesting that in in um, um, in, uh, in other societies, um, such as in South Korea, uh, the, 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 their own native traditions of, of shamanism or the mudang, um, they're, also, they're also prevalent, um, um, mostly women. Shamans are mostly women. And then the few of them who are men also dress up in, in female clothing uh, during ritual, which is something interesting to connect to um, our own traditions in, in, in the Philippines. That's, um, I didn't know that about South Korea. That's also very interesting to look at. Um, so uh, I noticed that you mentioned uh, the Tamblot uprising and the Pankau revolt in some of your Twitter threads. Um, do you want to talk about that one? The Tamblot uprising was a, a, a revolt that happened in uh, between 1621 and 1622 during the uh, Spanish era um, in Bohol. And it was one of the major Boholano revolts against Spanish rule, led by uh, um, Babaylan, uh, an Asog or, or, uh, or a male Babaylan uh, Tamblot. Um, but um, it seems to be that Tamblot wasn't the only leader of that rebellion. Um, if you read uh, the um, uh, the sources, the accounts of uh, Padre Juan Medina and uh, was the other one? Uh, Pedro Mori. Uh, no, sorry. Let me just remember. Um, I think it was Belad de something. Um, sorry, I can't, I can't remember. That's but okay. it was it was another um, cartographer and and Spanish priest um, who mentioned that. Editing note: the name they couldn't remember was Father Murillo Velarde, who wrote a book called Historia de Filipinas, where he talked about the Tamblot uprising. There were actually four or five of the Babaylan who led that re- revolt, and um, Tamblot was the spokesperson of of that of those four or five Babaylan. And actually, Tamblot was not the leader of of that um, revolt, but um, uh, a female Babaylan, or and she was was she was referred to as the the, the Virgin Mary or the Mother Mary of of the Indios. And um, I think because the Spaniards, you know, respond to to sort of um, male figures of authority, they took Tamblot as a spokesperson, as the leader of of, of uh, the rebellion. But it was in fact the eldest woman, sorry, the eldest woman of, of that group, which was the actual leader of the revolt. And um, it was pretty significant because. Um, the Tamblot uprising also inspired other um, revolts in the area. Um, in a nearby island, Leite, they also had the Bankao revolt or the Bankao uprising led by Datu Bankao. And um, what they had in common was that they were all led by these Babaylan or um, the, the native priests of, of, of that region or shamans, um, however way you want to translate that in English. So um, what they had in common was that they were led by by these spiritual or religious figures, the Babaylan, and um, they they all it was a revolt against 
not just the religious oppression of the indigenous faiths of, 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 of the Boholanos and other Visayan peoples, but also the political suppression or um, the subjugation of their peoples. And um, as recorded by the, uh, the, by, by the Spaniards, um, in their own words, the, the devil incited the, these peasants to revolt against Spanish rule and to uh, refuse to pay taxes and to refuse to um, uh, go to church and, and attend mass which is how they described um, the reason for the revolt was. It went on for about a year, and um, unfortunately, because of reinforcements coming from Cebu and uh, Pampanga, um, the Spaniards were able to crush um, the revolt and um, execute um, several of these Babaylan. Um, Datu Bancao uh, actually was... Um, was a convert to uh, Christianity, to Catholicism. He was one of the first, I, I believe, who converted to um, Christianity from, from Leyte. But 50 years after, uh, having seen um, the um, and having seen the, uh, the the oppression that his people faced, returned to the indigenous faith, to his native uh, uh, faith as if you can call it a faith, but um, his his um, ancestral faith and and um, led that revolt. Unfortunately, again, they were all um, uh, um, um, defeated, um, and um, it was noted that um, Datu Bankao's head was was uh, he uh, his head was cut off and and it was um, put on a spike as a warning, and and several of the Babylon were also burned. Um, his son actually. Um, in in some accounts, the Babaylan Pagali was his son. In some accounts, I, I don't think they mentioned it. Um, Pagali was his son, but Pagali and and his daughter um, were also um, notable Babaylan who led the revolts in in Leyte. Do you know of any other um, similar uprisings or revolts? There were several um, happening around um, the area in Leyte and Bohol. Um, and then all throughout until the 19th century, there were revolts, for example, the revolt of um, uh, Dios Buhawi. Or, um, and these were, at this time, still calling themselves Bubailanis, but um, were obviously already influenced by, by um, folk Catholicism. But they did still call themselves Bubailan, and they had that sort of desire to, to go back to um, their... The, their ancestral uh, religion or spirituality. As a researcher, what motivates you to look up these stories? I think um, it really is because I want to know more about uh, native histories and um, seeing that um, how the age, how colonialism, how the centuries of colonialism has suppressed um, bodies of knowledge that that um, we we can call our own. I think that that ultimately influences me to know more about what happened in the past and how we can perhaps use that um, history to to uh, perhaps uh, <laughs> look forward to a better future where we have a more realized um, identity. Um, 
of of who we are. Um, I'm not going to say as Filipinos, um, but as you know, members of our own communities. For me, for example, being Cabideño, uh, um, I've learned a lot from from uh, these histories. Um, that you know that I and I only I only really uh, recently learned about um, how that Cabideño identity has been. Um, it's been around since the early or, or pre-colonial period, and I didn't know that. I thought Cavite was just, you know, a, a province cut out from 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 Spanish territory, and, and it was just a Spanish invention. But I didn't know that during the early colonial period or the pre-colonial period, there were already um, Cavitans were already people, uh, people of their own who had sort of distinct practices from from other Tagalog-speaking um, regions. So I guess it's 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 um um it's about knowing more about me myself and 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 my people um and it allows me to uh sort of see a future where um that identity is is more realized and and um free from from uh you know the the biases and the prejudices brought about by centuries of of colonialism whether it be by you know by the Spaniards or the Americans or even the Japanese. Taking taking off from your uh, comments on how uh, these histories can be used to understand the present, mm-hmm. um, I also wanted to ask you about this um, indigenous versus modern Babaylan where there mm-hmm. are self-proclaimed Babaylan um, all over the world, uh, mostly mm-hmm. related to the usually related to the diaspora. How do you navigate this uh, this world where I'm mm-hmm. I'm aware that you uh, have interactions mm-hmm. with uh, Babaylan and other ritual practitioners? So, um, can you tell us about that world that uh, that tension that is happening there? Right. Um, you know what? I, I didn't really know about um, these. "Quote unquote modern Babylon, um, mm-hmm. Babylon," until I joined Twitter. I didn't really know about them. <laughs> My only knowledge of Babylon were the Babylon from history and the Babylon um, from um, in my interactions with um, these indigenous Babylon in in the Philippines. Um, I, I'd also sorry. I'd also like to to um, to make that distinction because Babylon to me is 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 a is mostly a central Philippine term. Um, mm-hmm. The Tagalog and the Kapampangan peoples, and even the Pangasinan people, did not call their their native shamans as Babaylan, but um, uh, Katulunan or Katulunan. Yes. Um, but I think because of convenience, we call them Babaylan or Babaylan because Babaylan comes from a very ancient root. Comes from it might have been either. Proto-Austronesian or Proto-Malay Polynesian. It's just how far that word, um, um, how how ancient that word is, because it is a shared um, root in in other Austronesian languages. Um, but sorry, just to go back, and and I'm rambling again. Um, um, yeah, when I heard about these modern Babylon from from the diaspora. Um, my first question was, um, how did they how, how how did they get to call themselves Babaylan? Um, what lineage do they uh, do they have to uh, or were they called by by the Diwata or by the Anito? 
And that was my first question because that's that's what makes you Babaylan um, or Catalonan or whatever the 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 term that uh, our our other ethnic groups use. I don't know if if this is very diplomatic to say, but I find it very suspicious when someone says the Babaylan with, without um, any training or lineage or because because truth be told to be Babaylan is is you can actually gatekeep that because it is it's a it's initiation that you go through um so if you don't have that initiation then you can't just use that word even with you people Babaylan um which is you know it, it is a, a local group um i had some questions about what, what um I understand the, the the sort of um and I sorry I don't know you people by land that well but um to to me um calling oneself punong babaylan being the head of the group seems to be a bit um disrespectful to the actual babaylan who are you know alive <laughs> and go through years of initiation to be called that and and you have a student group calling themselves Bubailan just because they see the Bubailan as, as a as a sort of a uh, a figure of of uh, from history, and I think that's a problem with not only um, diaspora communities but also um, uh, people from Manila, from Metro Manila, who seem to think of of indigenous culture as a thing of the past or a thing that is is that you can't go back to instead of something that has continuously evolved continuously changed and shifted and 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 um you know what we have today is is still indigenous you know despite mm-hmm. all the influences from 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 Spain from America or wherever else based on what we know about the babaylan they do go through a lot of uh initiations and mm. near-death experiences so you yes. can't just be, uh-huh. be a babalan you have to go mm-hmm. through either a prolonged sickness or you have to mm-hmm. recover from a near-death experience but mm-hmm. what we see today with the modern babalan is more like if you feel a connection or if you are um a sort of um i i did see some descriptions like if you mm-hmm. are a modern babalan if you are a teacher or an environmentalist and oh my goodness and things like this yes <laughs> so of course we don't want to alienate or mm-hmm. um sort of discredit yeah, this yeah. connection mm-hmm. they feel with the indigenous culture but how do we then uh, interact with them um in a way that brings us together uh, mm-hmm. towards a the, because we we are interested in the same things it's just mm-hmm. that yes absolutely we seem to be perhaps appropriating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe that's the word. Maybe we're appropriating some of the terms because mm-hmm. the the um the words the words that are used in rituals and things like this mm-hmm. these are all very sacred. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, in your interactions with the living Babaylan, mm-hmm. have have they commented on uh, these things? Um, you know what, most of them don't know about these things because um for example when i was in palawan with with my teacher my teacher is um my teacher is actually quite worldly um she 
my teacher was called to uh, Biba Bailan um, in her, I think, in her early 30s. But before that, she was a, an international party girl. I kid you not. She owned a resort <laughs> in she owned a resort in Borakai, and she was a businesswoman. She had uh, um, she would go to France a lot. She speaks French. Um, she's a she. I think she's also a dual French citizen. Um, and but she's you know she's she's Filipino. Um, but. And she was called to to being Babaylan, um, and she went through the whole sickness thing. And she was initiated by um, another Babaylan from um, from Panay. Uh, actually, I think it was either Panay or yeah, it was it was yeah Panay Babaylan. Um, and she knows about these things because she's you know she's she was exposed to that kind of uh, information growing up, and she was quite a worldly uh, person. Um, but I think the Babaylan who live in rural communities, they don't know about these things. When we visited uh, two brothers who were Babaylan, in, they were Tagbanwa Babaylan, or Balian, they, they call them just Balian mm. and Tagbanwa. Um, they didn't know about these things, um, and they probably wouldn't care. It's not, part, it's not their concern what happens outside of, the, the, outside of their communities. They're, they're just concerned about you know the the well-being of their community and, and their families, and um, they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to comment because they wouldn't know about them. But some Babaylan, of course, those who are more um, in tune with 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 the outside world, like my teacher, she feels that she she doesn't want to discredit them. She doesn't feel any hatred or 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 loathing towards them. It's more of why or why are you doing this um, and what for? Um, because to her, being Babaylan is to be in service to the community um, and being in service to, uh, to the Diwata or to the gods, the deities. So if you're not doing that, if you're not serving the community in that sort of aspect, then why are you calling yourself this and why are you... Something also, I think the in the, the people in the Filipinos in the diaspora who, who want to identify with with Babaylan, I think they're also influenced by the, the sort of the witch phenomenon, the witchcraft mm-hmm. craze in in the early nineties. At least in in Metro Manila, that was that was the thing in the um, the nineties, and it, it was all about the individual, the individual wanting to um, break free from from society. And um, for for Western Europeans, for English-speaking Europeans and Americans or Anglo's, um, which became like a word that they could identify with. This was a persecuted individual during the uh, uh, the Inquisition in 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 Europe. Um, so I think it's very similar. I think um, Filipino Americans are sort of operating on the same sort of Eurocentric or, or Anglo-centric um, sort of vocabulary. Um, sort of identifying with the Babaylan because they were leaders of, 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 of you know, of revolts and they were symbols of of, um, of, uh, of uh, liberation. So to them, it might be that these are just historical figures that inspire them. Maybe, maybe some of them don't realize that these are living traditions, and um, it's it's a it's a it's a calling. Um, it's like. Sorry, just to ramble again. Um, for example, the word druid. Um, 
for for many um, Americans of European descent, Druid became like a word of for neo pagans or um, those um, formerly Christians who who went to you know who wanted to reconnect with their, their pre Christian heritage. They started calling themselves Druids and Druids, but Druids are a very specific um, caste or, or class of 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 uh, it's a priestly class. It's like the Brahmins of of, of uh, Hindu society. So it's not it's not something that you can call yourself just because you feel like you know you want to reconnect with your pre-Christian heritage or your indigenous heritage. It's 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 literally you know um, a role in society that is that you have to sort of get initiated uh, for. You know, I only feel this way because I have knowledge of of what happens in 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 the states. You know, in in other parts of the world in the Philippines. But for the um, the average Filipino, even not just not even Babaylano or, or uh, Catalonian, they don't really think about these things. It's not their concern. Given all this, do you feel like there is something that we can do to make mm-hmm. people more aware that there are living Babaylan, that these are not dead traditions. Is mm-hmm. that something they would want? And is there something we can do about it? That's a very valid question. Um, I think it's very hard to answer. I think mm-hmm. some of them would want to be recognized, but I think majority of them don't. Majority mm-hmm. of these Babaylan, um, they're quite happy to be left alone. Uh, for example, in Bohol, I think there's... Oh my God, I forgot the term again. But um, in Bohol, they have their own um, sort of Babaylan tradition. They don't call themselves Babaylan. Um, many of them, most of the men, um, don't want to uh, sort of be known for their their practices. It's just many of them just they they go through the initiation. They they to sort of save their lives because if they don't go through the initiation they die or a family member dies and um they do this to continue the practices um only to benefit their families or their immediate communities so i don't think that those bailan would be interested in being known to the rest of the world but i think um we we um those of us who you know you would call middle class or or university educated um, maybe have that duty to sort of, um, since we are on Twitter, we are on, on social media, to inform other people, um, Filipinos in diaspora or, 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 other, or other people, people in general, that these are living traditions and we do have to respect their boundaries. You know, it's, um, when I went to Palawan, I was with uh, a Romanian um, researcher, um, he was going around through Southeast Asia, um, documenting uh, the, the different um, forms of, of shaman practices or shamanistic practices or, or animistic practices. And, and most of the time, the, they didn't want their rituals being recorded. Mm. And, and when we were in Palawan and we were at that, um, uh, at the house of, of the Tagbanwa brothers, who are both Babaylan, Balyan, sorry, um, they didn't want the ritual to be recorded, um, and it, it's 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 similar actually. Um, sorry, just to to, uh, 
to to segue to a different part of the world um and because i'm also involved in in sort of the uh, southern european um, mm. eastern mediterranean sort of polytheist community and we also don't like to have our rituals recorded if you can mm. take pictures before or after the ritual the ritual itself that's something that is just between you or you including the community and the gods so mm. i think it's around the world it's it's it's, it's actually quite similar um and in and in my experience with with the the the, the balian in, in palawan they don't want it. especially the um the batak the batak uh, are in the an agrito group um they also have um very similar practices and they don't want any pictures they don't want any recordings of their rituals so i again <laughs> again just to go back i think what we can do um is to really just make people aware um mm-hmm. that um these are living traditions and even if they weren't even if they were you know um extinct traditions that these are boundaries that we need to respect people who people who are balian or balian go through certain initiations to become balian it's not something that we can just take and you know this is mine now we, we can't just do that and um and one of the practices and and, and this is a practice that that's very common across uh, the different traditions and cultures I've, I've researched is that boundaries are extremely important. Um, mm-hmm. a, a ritual is a setting of boundaries um, mm-hmm. between, you know, um, either the living and the dead or humans and, and, and divinities or deities, you know, and we also have to set those boundaries for ourselves. Um, not these aren't very these aren't strict or hard boundaries but these are boundaries nonetheless that we have to sort of negotiate to to you know to be a part of that sort of to to enter a different realm or cross a certain boundary makes me think that um the the way that they perhaps don't want to be documented or mm-hmm. they don't want these rituals to be shared is also a reaction to the repression that they've mm-hmm. experienced, the discrimination that they've experienced in the past. I agree, and yeah. So I agree with you that we definitely need to raise more awareness that these are mm-hmm. living traditions. I think in our textbooks, for example, the Babaylan are kind of a footnote. It's right mentioned and, mentioned somewhere. and in the past tense <laughs> and in the past tense so yeah, um, yeah and we always um in mainstream media the the most recent that i found oh, well there are two things mm-hmm. the babaylan who was named gloria in mm-hmm. uh, bagani as a local tv show mm-hmm. and um trese where trese is mm-hmm. the babaylan and lakan that was very significant. Uh, in the trailer, it was mm-hmm. mentioned that mm-hmm. Trese was a babaylan, uh, mm-hmm. babaylan, babaylan, and lakan. And, yeah. Um... <laughs> My question there was, why is she called babaylan when she, she seems to be from Laguna? <laughs> but, but you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a pop culture, you know, yes, like yes. a pop culture fascination with the babaylan, and uh-huh. um, people do seem to forget that mm-hmm. they're. There are this. This is a sacred thing. This is not mm-hmm. something that you. It's not a costume you put on. These are not a costume, um, right? Yeah. 
these are the professions of people. Mm-hmm. The, this is their calling, and mm-hmm. they they navigate the living and the worlds of the living and mm-hmm. the dead and the in between. So, uh, I guess that's that's this has been a very productive conversation so far. So, uh, there is there anything else that you'd want to share with the listeners of the podcast? I don't know. I, I think there's there's so many, but yeah, I just remembered the uh, the the sort of name they have in northern Bohol. I think it's either Sukhdan or Sukhdan. I'm not sure if the, my stress is correct, but um, sort of the the Baliano, the Bailan figures in northern Bohol are called Sukhdan. And yeah, um, there's a there's a really good article about them um, becoming um, a shaman in northern Bohol. Um, and uh, it documents um, with with their consent the sort of initiation rites that they went through to become Sukhdan. Um, so yeah, but you know, there, there's so much, and and people ask me. They some people have messaged me on Twitter, asking me um, where where you where you can read these things. There's actually quite a lot. Um, they're not easy to find, but there's actually quite a lot of of uh, information or um, that we can read on indigenous traditions in in the philippines indigenous religious traditions in the philippines so yeah um if they're interested they can message me on twitter i guess um at makadiwata (laughs) yes so for listeners of the show please follow uh, makadiwata at makadiwata on twitter i can link them to your twitter in the episode description as well uh, thank you for uh, joining me on this episode. Um, certainly more than I could have researched that you already shared. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I hope I didn't keep you up too late. Um, I know it's evening. No, that's all right. No. More <laughs> evening there than it is evening here. Yeah. So. <laughs> thank you. And um, hear you again next time. <laughs> Salamat. Salamat. <laughs> That's it for episode 15.2 of Her Story Southeast Asia, where we are rounding out season 1 with the Babaylan of pre-colonial Philippines. Until next time, and please don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Her Story Pod. That's Her Story S-E-A Pod. As always, thank you to Raymond, Matt, Chito, Ashley, Shireen, Chanda, Yati, Kara, and Mando who have been supporting this podcast on Patreon. And thank you to Jinx Peterson, who specifically asked for a shout-out. But seriously, thank you everyone for listening. It really means a lot for this project. There are so many more stories to tell, and we're just getting started. This podcast was written, hosted, and edited by Agas Ramirez. Thank you for listening, and we hope to see you again next time. Sampai jumpa lagi!